0: This is the Doctor Who podcast, and you are most welcome.
1: And it's one for the ages, or the doctor's ages, that is. Uh, if you don't recognize the uh, terrible American accent, this is Stephen here, and uh, I'm joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. Hello,
0: Stephen. Welcome to the Camper Van.
1: Thank you very much. So our, our first recording since me uh, jumping in and taking residency here. Yes, very I know. I know about
0: it. And you've acquired Trev's chair already. I was, I wanted that chair. I've been waiting all this time to finally get a chair of my own, but no, the chair's <laughs> gone already. So I'm back into the annex again.
1: Well, I'll tell you, just I just had to fix the squeak.
0: Uh, that's part of Trev's charm, was the squeak. <laughs>
1: Well, obviously, I don't have Trev's Charm, so so uh, we're here to talk about an older doctor and the doctor's age and things like that, um, and uh, we planned uh, this recording before the announcement of an actual older doctor in Peter Capaldi, so um, I've got to ask Ian, what do you think? What do you think about this uh, this casting decision?
0: I think it's fascinating, that the fact that we've now got, I think, it is the oldest actor since uh, William Hartnell himself uh, in the role, and... It's It's got all kinds of mixed emotions for me. Um, on the one hand, he's a fabulous actor and he does incredible uh, characters in all the roles that he does. And I can completely see him playing the part. I mean, I, I, he, as soon as he walked out on stage in that special show, you think, yeah, I can totally see you in the Titus, and I can totally see you doing the role. And when I look back, particularly to the classic era that's beloved to our hearts, he would have fitted right in there uh, uh, in between John Pertwee and Tom Baker or Tom Baker and Peter Davidson and would have completely fitted into the old show. Um, And I think as a fan, it's perfect. You know, there's, there's so many things that can be done with this and so much that we can go back to the sort of the feel of the old show. The only slight hesitation I have is that there's this part of me that wonders how will this play with a modern audience? modern audience that's used to a younger more dynamic sexier to be blunt um doctor than than peter capaldi is going to be and it's not i'm not trying to diss the guy there but he's 55 you know got to be realistic about such things you know no one's going to be talking about him the way they do about david tennant's bum and those kind of subjects and i don't don't want to overstate the sexiness angle but it's a very different dynamic it's it's an older it's gonna have more gravitas how will that appeal to the teenage demographic, who are a large part of the demographic? And it just worries me slightly because it feels ever so slightly like an inward, fanish decision that just sets off a couple of alarm bells for me.
1: Well, you know, I, I think I think that you're right that it is a, a fanish decision, and, and uh, we know from from uh, interviews, Moffat wanted to do this before uh, before he cast Matt. He was sort of looking for an older doctor. Personally, I don't care about the. Uh, uh, about the younger fans and how they're going to feel about it, because they they've, they've got to adjust, and that's and this is what Doctor Who is all about is about this change and about the show completely reinventing itself every few years when it gets a, when it gets a new doctor in. And I think Peter Capaldi is, is going to be great. Uh, I've already had several lady friends tell me how sexy they think that he is. So uh, so any of the younger fans who are who are hoping for some you know uh, you know young hot twilight-esque guy stepping into the tardis whatever they need to get over it they need to understand that you know that, that what the show is all about so that's sort of you know it's it's a bit snobbish of me but uh, i i just don't uh, i just don't care and if if there's if there's a bunch of teenage girls over there screaming that they didn't get uh, that you know that this doctor is 55 years old then um, you know they can go back and watch nickelodeon it's fine What kinds of things would you like to see or do you expect to see now that's you know he's uh I mean Peter Capaldi obviously can do all the running around he's done it all on thick of it I mean the the, the mile a minute pace that he takes on that show um should put should dissuade anyone's fears that he's not going to be able to run down corridors but um what kind of things um are you hoping to see out of an older doctor
0: Well, I think more gravitas, uh, a little bit more drama. And that's not to say that the the previous couple of Doctors haven't done drama. There were some amazing moments in uh, David Tennant's era and indeed Matt Smith had some some wonderful moments too. But I think having an actor of his calibre with that little bit more age and wisdom about... I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions about how he'll play it, would give just that extra edge to it. And I think you'd get a slightly more serious Doctor who can put more weight behind some of the issues i'm i'm trusting they won't lose the lightness of touch and they won't lose the action with it so and i i sincerely hope that we will see a lessening of the romantic angle uh I, I i don't hate that as much as many people do equally it's getting a bit it's become a cliche and, you know, we don't, we don't need it anymore. It'd be nice to go in a different direction. And honestly, I think if we see Clara and the Peter Capaldi Doctor starting to have a thing, that'll just squick out everybody. So I don't see that's going to happen. And it'd be nice to just move beyond that and actually go back to some of the classic era where, honestly, it just, and I don't want to be, again, all fanish about it. Of, oh, God, the Doctor mustn't kiss or any of that stuff. I'm, I'm not that obsessed. I would just like to see something fresh. And, you know, carrying on that theme now wouldn't be fresh.
1: I, I agree. this is actually, and this is for it. A subject for a totally different episode, but I would actually like to see the doctor find Clara, her love, you know, somehow that's sort of like, and that's a really cheesy way to put it, but I'd like to, you know, when it's time for Jenna to leave the show, I would like the doctor to set her up, like, you know, find her her life mate and they go off together and that's how you know so for the doctor to make that happen for his for his best friend so because they that's what I would like to see them be as best friends and none of this romance and things like that and um, I I too am hoping that that doesn't that doesn't continue um w- with um with the 12th doctor and Clara and I like the idea of gravitas I also like the idea of it's that the show is always played as a young man in an old man's body and it would be almost slightly interesting for it to be played as an old man playing as a young man, you know, just still retaining the energy and, and and a bit of freneticness that I know annoys a lot of people, but I really love. I love the little things that Matt does, the little things he does on screen that just sort of, um, uh, it, uh, the physicalities that he brings to the role. And I would love to see Peter Capaldi sort of really be able to, and I think he can pull it off. Really, be able to play that um, uh, diversity in age, in ages, and being like, you know, w- you know, what's the point in being childish? Uh, what's the point in being an adult if you can't be childish sometimes? And and in that in that Tom Baker sort of way, I can really see that that happening. And that's kind of what I, what uh, I find exciting about it.
0: Yes, and I think one of the interesting dynamics that I can see that's bringing to it is that of old when you had John Pertwee or Pat and particularly uh, William Hartnell. Um, they had an automatic air of authority when they, I mean the doctor is famed for walking to any situation and just taking control straight away um, when he wants to he doesn't always do it if he wants to he just walks in and takes control and people just naturally defer to him and as the doctors got younger, it's become slightly harder to make that work because as a culture, that just isn't, isn't what happens when we have you know, young 20-somethings and so on and they walk into a scene with many, many people. They don't have that natural area of authority around them because our cultures don't work that way. And so there's been more of an effort where I think the doctors had to overcompensate and be a little bit more demanding and in your face and you've seen that with both David Tennant and Matt Smith where they would go in and forcibly take control and and argue with people that they should be listened to and at times there's been that sort of back and forth as to why should we listen to you or even not listen as we saw in Midnight and I think it will be—it's a, a a different dramatic tool so that the doctor come in, and people do just have a natural deference towards someone who looks like they should be in charge or has that air of someone who should be listened to and respected. I
1: I, I think that's a that's actually a really great point, and um, uh, I, I would love to see that as well. him you know, that back to actually being an authority figure whenever he walks in, and sort of in, instead of a uh, sort of the uh, buffoonish, which I know is, is the characterization they were going for, and I know that that was sort of you know, at least Matt's, uh, Matt's inspiration, you know, because it's very Troughton-esque to sort of walk in and nobody has any respect, but he ha- ends up being, turning out being the smartest person in the room, you know, but uh, you know, but to actually walk in like and, and have that, I've already turned the heads and everyone's like, okay, we're going to listen, we're going to listen to this guy now. So you you sort of eschew all of that. You don't need, you don't need that. You just need the doctor to step in and sort out the situation. And that's, you know, and, and that's exciting to think about to being that kind of character again
0: absolutely so my question for you it's everyone's favorite game when a new actor turns up to play the doctor to try and pick out which of the previous ones they're they're channeling and taking their influences from who do you think peter will choose which doctors do you think he will draw pieces from
1: so i don't know if you noticed if you watched the introduction but when he walked out and he was holding his jacket lapels hmm. uh, in a very very Hartnell no style and um I think I think he's he's going to go back to the beginning. I think that he's going to have some Hartnell. I think I think he might have a little Pertwee thrown in, but um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that he's going, he's going back to uh, back to basics with William Hartnell.
0: As long as again he doesn't fall into the Colin Baker trap and become irascible and uncharismatic and touchy, uh, yeah. because that, that that's exactly what Colin tried to do or was told to do. And I think it just doesn't fly with i't didn't, didn't think it fl- flew with audiences back in the eighties. I certainly don't think it would fly today uh, if and, and unless you're very very careful how you pitch it to keep the the sort of the lightness and the cat charisma in there as well
1: so who do you think that he'll he'll be sort of inspired by
0: i, I my mind is falling to kind of a blend of uh John perkley and Tom Baker. Tom Baker had a slightly more I mean, this that's an odd thing to say about Tom Baker. But he was slightly more reserved there a lot of the time. When he did open up his mouth, all kinds of strange and bizarre things came out. But actually, a lot of the time, he was relatively, you know, back on his feet and would just sort of watch a situation and just throw a few observations in. So, sort of, oh, yes, yes, you were talking to me. Yes, no, I'm still here. That, that kind of thing. And I could see some of that. I, I don't think... I'm guessing, I'm wildly guessing here. I don't think he'll be an in-your-face doctor. Uh, the way that you know Matt and and David were, but equally, I, I think he would have slightly less of the zaniness about him that that, that Tom's got, which is where I think some of the. The, the maybe slightly aristocratic air of John Pertwee. So our, that's where my mind, is getting, my, my mind is going, is a blend of those two.
1: It's very exciting having this conversation isn't it? Just talking about a new Doctor is just so exciting. And it's
0: quite odd that we're taking I mean the, the, the kind of themes that we're thinking about for him and the kind of stuff that we're looking at as being brand new. It's all the old stuff. I mean we're going back, you know, 30 40 years for the for the, the kind of stuff that he's to hopefully bringing to the role and I think, you know, my, my thoughts around John Pertwee and Tom Baker is also that's his era as well. You know, that, that famous. This letter everyone's pointing at is, around, is about the three doctors so that's obviously the time when he was a fan so it would be a natural place for him to go and it's fascinating that the, the new thing is the old thing.
1: It is the, it's the 50th year you know and we've been, we've spent so much time looking back and, and uh, everyone who's making the show now, they're the Wees, you know, they're, they're us. They're, they're the, the, the fans just like us who've been watching the show all this time. And you can't help but to to, to look back and, and sort of try and bring the things, that, at least is what it seems Mava does, bring bring the things to the show that he loved about the show, you know? Uh, and I think that's why he was looking for an older doctor when he cast Matt. But he, when you find someone like Matt Smith, you kind of kind of can't help giving them uh giving them a shot at it and and it, I, you know, in my opinion it paid off and and now to get someone like uh, capaldi in, in to play the part is it definitely um again exhibits those things those those things that that we all love about the show and i uh, I, I think I, I think it's very cool
0: yeah yeah and I'm, I'm hoping we'll see more storytelling in the classic era story structures that are a bit more like that a little bit less of you know talking the villain to death although of course that happened in the old show as well as we saw and remember it's just recently at the BFI um, but a, a, a little bit more I don't know a bit, bit, bit more uh, old tr- traditional type Doctor Who I think will be one of the things I thought was fascinating about that program where they announced Peter Capaldi was the amount of classic Who that was in there. Because basically all the previous incarnations, to my mind, were given pretty much equal billing and equal footage time. And that hasn't always been the case. I'm um, looking at you, Confidential. There's been so much of the material that was released really did act as if Eccleston was the first Doctor and it all started from there. And I thought, actually, this, for me, this programme was quite a break with that in terms of the waiting was very, very even, which is the correct thing to do in the anniversary year, but also not the most obvious and sort of maybe crowd-pleasing move the BBC could have made so I was pleased to see it the, the BBC
1: have gotten a lot of backlash over that for, the, for this year right I mean everyone everyone being so concerned about whether or not there are classic doctors in the um, uh, in the 50th anniversary special and how how much uh, the, the the classic series is getting its its due this year and um, been overacting fans that's for sure um, <laughs> overacting fans and Doctor who never. <laughs> but yeah but um but there was and it was and it, and it was nice it was nice and it's it, you know as i said it's nice to have i it, i go back and forth a little bit I, I thought that david tennant being such a huge fan maybe did him a bit of a disservice in in the part um uh because uh, something about him wanting to play the part for so long and already having a preconceived notion of how to do it and stepping in and doing it and things like that and um not i loved him as the doctor but there was always something there that just seemed a little bit too like he was uh maybe playing in his backyard rather than actually becoming the character i don't know if that makes sense but um and, and matt didn't have that uh, that baggage with him, so I worry a little bit about uh, a fan playing the part, someone who's been watching the show his entire life and um, is so uh, very much entrenched in the show and its history. But um, but then again, it's Peter, it's Peter Capaldi, and it's Stephen Moffat, and and uh, I'm, trying to just have faith in that idea you know
0: in Moth we trust I, I have to say to come back to our theme of age i think the fact that capaldi is an older actor with a lot more experience than david Tennant, and that's not to knock david Tennant in any way but you know capaldi's been around in this the, the acting world a lot lot longer and has issued a great many things i think that would give him the experience and the wisdom to uh, to not let the fan inside him come out and color the performance but to actually come at it i mean to have played the roles that he's played over the years and to have had some of the impact that he's had and some of the roles he's done have been fabulous I mean the the one that people have been talking about is is Torchwood Uh, and I I thought his performance in that was was fantastic and incredibly powerful and affecting and it was a very powerful and affecting drama so he's obviously a very very good and accomplished actor and I think that that uh, experience will give him what he needs to overcome those tendencies.
1: So um, so Ian, you know you mentioned Tom Baker earlier, and I understand that you and Michelle uh, reviewed the latest uh, the latest Tom Baker story from Big Finish.
0: Yes, the justice of jokes so are. Shall we have a listen to that now.
1: Let's do it. Big Finish with Ian and Michelle from across the Atlantic Ocean, Ian from the UK and Michelle from the United States Reviewing Big Finish. Sorting out the wheat from the chuff nonsense Saving you money On the ones that are not so
0: good Our task this week is to look at the next instalment Of the fourth Doctor Adventures With Tom Baker and Mary Tam The Justice of Jalksar, The Doctor and Romana in their ongoing escape From the Black Guardian land in Victorian England And meet two old friends
1: You know something, Professor? This sounds like a case for Good you. Lord
0: With your timing, man? You cut me off in mid-flow there Henry... Look, stab me, vitals. That's impossible. Oh, as I live and breathe, Professor George Lightfoot and Henry Gordon Jago, I wondered if I could trouble you two for the merest jots of your time.
2: This is the one that we've all been waiting for, Ever since we heard that the Fourth Doctor was coming to audio, and we already knew there was a Jago and Lightfoot series, um, we have been waiting for the moment when uh, the Fourth Doctor would go back and visit Jago and Lightfoot. And as an added treat, we have Romana Number One along for the ride as well. And this this works extremely well. I, for me, it lived up to expectations of these characters meeting, um, and that is the, the strength of this: is, is the characters and the character interplay. It is fantastic to hear. These characters interacting together and to throw Romana into the mix. One of, one of my favorite parts is uh, Jago meeting Romana and kind of getting, you know, how they split up the companions. Well, in this case, Jago gets to go with Romana and Lightfoot stays with the doctor for a while. But uh, boy, the, the, you could tell this was probably a great recording session because the chemistry was wonderful. Hello. <laughs> Henry
0: Gordon Jago uh, at your inestimable service. Uh, charmed.
2: Are you? I'm glad to hear it. I'm Romana. Of course you are. What a pretty name. Charmed. Yes, you said. Romana is my new assistant. You certainly know how to pick them, don't you, Doctor?
0: Jago and Lightfoot are an absolute delight in this. They, They pick up that same rapport that they have in all their own stories and that we've seen before. And they're just incredibly fun to listen to. They've got so many quotable lines, and they're all lots of fun. But it still manages to have quite a creepy atmosphere, and we have an interesting mystery to follow. It veers slightly closer to the comedic line in places, uh, which is kind of what Jago in particular brings to any of these plays. But it doesn't turn into a farce, and I, I found it was very well judged. And to be honest, it was just a hugely enjoyable play. The, the interplay of Jago and Romana, as you say, is really, really enjoyable. Uh, and the way he's kind of falling after her, and she's just being that usual arch-superior Romana that uh, we all know and love. It was a great dynamic. Um, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed having them come back in. The story itself was uh, quite steampunk and creepy, very reminiscent of many of the Jago and Lightfoot stories from their series, um, but uh, something that the, the fourth Doctor, I think, plays very well against.
2: Yeah, as you say, the story fit really well in time period. This felt like a, a great Victorian adventure for our investigators of infernal incidents, as they say. Um, for me, the, the tone, as you say, there, there's the humor and the wit of Jago and Lightfoot and, and you know the others thrown in there. but it doesn't cross that line of going into silliness. It, it, it's just genuinely fun where where I was bothered a little bit by the auntie matter in terms of becoming too farcical. Uh, this I think toes the line perfectly and, and it was just a whole lot of fun. You know the you talk about the creepy kind of storyline. For me the plot was okay. Um, nothing wrong with it. I didn't think it was a standout plot line. But really, the plot wasn't front and center. It, it was the interaction of these characters, and you just wanna you wanna continue with these characters on into the future. Just fun to spend time with.
0: Yes, um, the, the, the steampunk elements become a bit incredulous. So that yes, the plot is, if you really stop and look at it, some of the things they're doing with Victorian era technology. Don't really make a lot of sense. So not so much the doctor, because the doctor can do anything with anything. But some of the other characters use Victorian technology a little beyond what is really um, believable. But you have to really stop and think about it to really spot that kind of stuff. Um, and, and there's a robot moving around that sounds very Ed Two Oh Nine from the RoboCop series, but works well in audio to be honest with you. Romana, Hora, Tralunda, and Henry, Gordon, Jago. I am justice and I pronounce you guilty. Uh. The sentence is death. Oh, crap. With regards to the sort of the tone, I thought part two got a a, a bit silly. There there was places in part two where it it got a touch silly, but then it crashes down to earth with some very serious themes towards the end and some, some quite harsh emotional twists which grounded the story again. And I thought it led to a very balanced story between the fun and the dramatic.
2: And yeah, that always adds to a story uh, in terms of having something, kind of some meat underneath the, the, the fun and the fluff. But this is definitely one that I enjoyed and definitely one I would recommend.
0: Absolutely. Tom's on good form. Romana's brilliant. And overall, it was just immensely enjoyable and very much recommended. But what can you three do? You're just men. You're just men! Just men, just men, on the contrary. I am the Doctor, and these two are outstanding, outstanding and extraordinary.
1: We are? Of course we well, are. Well, I, uh, I have not listened to Justice of Jaxar. J- Jalksar? Jalxar? That's a tough one to
0: pronounce. That's a, that's a weird combination of consonants there. My, my favorite thing about finishing that review is I didn't have to say it anymore.
1: Anyway, I look forward to listening to it. So uh, thank you, uh, Michelle, for uh, joining Ian on that. So uh, I mentioned earlier uh, that we would talk a little bit about the, the Doctor's Age. Now, this is an incredibly geeky, anarchy subject for us to discuss <laughs> um, and it's something that I I, I personally uh, don't have a lot of strong feelings on um, uh, again this is this is where Trev would, would, would come in great uh, but um, so the doctor the doctor's age I mean is he still lying about his age what's what's what what is what, do you know anything about the story here what is what the, the old doctor
0: I, I'm, I have to say, and I'm going to lose all kinds of, of fan cred points for this, I, it's not a subject that I'm massively knowledgeable upon, but I, I do know that the sort of edited highlights, so to speak, which is that there's, there's various points in, in Doctor Who history where there are, assuming the Doctor's just not lying co- completely all the time, it's been firmly established that he is this age or that age. Like in Tomb of the Cybermen, he comes straight out and says, I'm 450. Uh, and during the Tom Baker era, he regularly talked of sort of 750, 760 thereabouts with some consistency. And even when Romano corrected him, you know, it was it, it's, it's all staying within that zone. So you've got a couple of sort of tent poles there. And, as if you, and actually, across the Classic era, it actually stayed relatively consistent. You know, it sort of went up, oh, there are some large gaps here and there that uh, you need a Season 6B to explain here and there. But yeah, it, it generally worked, and it worked right up until Sylvester McCoy, when I think it was 953, which was stated and was apparently the Rani's age as well. But where it kind of goes all a bit pear-shaped is that in the new series, Christopher Eccleston came out and said that he was, uh, I think, 950, and then later on David Tennant came out and said 903, I think, is, is the number that's coming to mind, and and it and it, and it all goes a bit wrong, and. I suspect, if we sort of step outside the fourth wall, that the, 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 the lines that Chris says in his series can be taken, some of them can be taken in two ways, that he's he says he's 900 years in the TARDIS, and actually 900 years in the TARDIS, and it's been established through other means that he, that uh, uh, the first Doctor entered the TARDIS at about 250-odd works. So those numbers work. It would make him about 1,150 um, and then at some point somebody in the script editing process took the 900 years in the TARDIS and turned it into 900 years old and hence the continuity error crept in and then everybody else has been building on it since then in fact in looking into a little bit of the history of this just for this podcast it suddenly made me realise because one of the questions I've had for a long time is why did we have the 200-odd years of Matt Smith in The Impossible Astronauts to Wedding of River Song*? It never made any sense to me as to why he suddenly vanished away and became 200 years older. It didn't do anything. It didn't serve any plot purpose other than to drop 200 years worth of space for a big finish to eventually put some stories into. But actually, if you step back out of the fourth wall again, it makes perfect sense to finally correct the continuity error, which is exactly the kind of thing Stephen Moffat would do.
1: That does sound like a very uh, Moffat thing to do, to actually go back and make sure that the, uh, that the number is changed to, ma- to match with continuity because he is an OCD fan like the rest of us, um, uh, who really wants continuity to be perfect. Uh, Someday maybe he'll fix unit dating. I I do remember a a quote from Moffat that he said that the doctor could never actually know his own age because um, even though he is traveling linearly along his own timeline. Uh, Two days in one place is not the same as two days in another place, and so there's no way to actually tell how many actual days, months, years have occurred um, in between all the places he's gone, the things that he's done. So How old is he really based on all of that? I don't know that there's, it seems like there would actually be no way to tell. We can only take, we can only take, um, you know, the doctor's word for it, which is worth almost nothing.
0: Well, yes, (laughs) the doctor
1: lies. (laughs) Exactly. Rule number one. What does it really mean or matter what the doctor's age is? is is him being 1100 or 900 or 700 or whatever does it what is it in in your opinion and you might feel the same way as me does it bring anything really to the character does it make him wiser older wiser anything like that
0: i think that in the the broadest sense it makes him more alien and more of this sort of different you know, the idea that he's, had, he's lived for so many centuries, you know, makes him very different from all the rest of us, and on top of all the other ways that he's different from all the rest of us. So I think, in the sort of very broad sense, it contributes to that uh, facet of his personality. Beyond that, to be honest, it's a bit of a throwaway. It doesn't really mean anything. And in fact, in some ways, I almost think that the OCD fan efforts to precisely date it and to find the expert, because to, to make it all work, there are hundreds of years of missing time which we didn't see on screen and they all occur in a very small number of places because he cannot possibly fit them in when he's got a companion around because a companion would have growled and died a long, long time ago. There's only a very small number of places where you can put these things in and to be honest, for me, if you really want to sit here and and look at that and say, ah, yes, between the end of Invasion of Time and and then the next story, the fourth Doctor went off and had 200 years of undocumented adventures. It's like, well, he doesn't look 200 years older in the next story, because over 200 years, you know, your personality would change a little bit and, you know, your character would change a touch. Um, Maybe your wardrobe might even change from time to time, which uh, in some of these gaps they haven't. So, i think in in our attempts to make it more sort of uh locked down and believable in in a dramatic sense, we make it less believable
1: i think uh I think that you're absolutely right it one on the it makes it more alien for sure absolutely and and the fact that you know uh you know he doesn't age and things like that or we, at least we don't see him age um uh, and he would um it 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 adds this wonderful mystery to the doctor and it's another one of those questions that uh gets answered in sort of a flippant way that we don't actually need an answer to and and we don't actually know the real answer to and um it, it, i i, I like i love that about it i love that it, that it um is just um another big mystery um and this is i mean it's not a big mystery you know but enough of a mystery you're just like wow how long has this guy been doing this you know <laughs> how, how really long has he been just flying around through all of space and time
0: and like so much of doctor who the harder you look at it The the less it really stands up. So don't look at it so hard. I mean, to give it a completely bang up to date example, when the eleventh Doctor does his uh, his farewell tour for two hundred years before Wedding of River Song, and you know rocks up at Lake Silencio and acts like he's never been away, and it's like. You haven't seen these people for 200 years. Yeah, you know, I, I struggle to pick up the threads of people I saw two months ago, never mind two centuries ago. And okay, he's a Time Lord and all the rest of it, but it's still, if you actually stop and think about it, it doesn't actually add up for a character to be like that. He he'd have long, long forgotten who... I mean, you think of some of the things that he has forgotten from, say, his previous incarnations, a bit was, oh, how could he not remember the Great Intelligence? You know, how, how do you remember who Amy was from 200 years on? But... Again, as as Tom is fond of saying, it's a man flying through space and time in a blue box. Just don't think about it too hard.
1: It's so hard because that's why we're here.
0: (laughs) I mean, all all time travel stories have this problem that any of them, you look at them too hard, it doesn't really work. And you've got to start coming up with all kinds of weird and wonderful explanations. You know what? Sit back and enjoy the ride. I I know that there are certain fans uh, who can't do that and get that OCD obsession that, no, it's got to absolutely line up and all our ducks must be in a row. And well, if that's what floats your boat and that's what you enjoy, you know, I'm not knocking that. Everyone enjoys the show in their own way. But for me, I'd rather just step back a little bit. Like, I mean, not not as much as you know, you, you're some a blockbuster where you leave your brain at the door. But there's, I find a willing suspension of disbelief is very useful. Yeah,
1: I I agree. You know, I mean, and and I think that this is another one of those cases where um, head cannon actually uh, actually works out in your favor. You know, I mean, even if you don't, if you even if you do want to spend. Some time thinking about it it 's usually usually the simplest answer is the most fun answer i mean uh two hundred years to the doctor is could be very different from two hundred years for either either of us you know and so uh what is time it 's a wibbly wobbly ball of stuff right so um it, who knows, you know, 200 years really could have been two days for him, but uh, uh, traveling around, but it doesn't, in the end, it doesn't really matter. It's just sort of a, a moment that's in there so that we know that he's been on his farewell tour. He's been doing something and it's been a long time since he's seen Amy and he's there, he's there to see her because that's it. So, uh, and that's, what's really important about it. I, I think every time that, th- that, the, the age is thrown in really, It's just to drive home that this person is old and has been around the block, basically.
0: Yes, and I think that's good enough. It's just one of those little dramatic things you can hang on to and then just, you know, forget about it. But only certain fans are able to access that. The other ones have to draw their graphs and do their charts and plot it all out in alphabetical order or production code order. You are listening to the Doctor Who podcast. I am Darling Azrael. So you you actually settled it in the camper van now. Have have you been given the cleaning rotor yet?
1: I have, and I promptly dismissed it, but... uh... (laughs) Oh, you you
0: really are entering Trev's shoes, aren't you?
1: Yes. Well, you know somebody's got to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 getting pretty settled in. I'd say. Um, I've done uh, quite a few of these now, and uh, I'm I'm able to get a word in. Uh, so it's uh it's it's going very well.
0: I think that the last part of your DWP initiation is is yet to come. Now I understand that you've had the shots, and I know we had the health and safety form disclaimer signed. So. For the next episode, 222, two, two, it is time for you to meet Leeson.
1: I'm very looking forward to it. Um, when Stephen Met Leeson will be the next episode, uh, and uh, it, it's going to be epic.
0: Yeah, just remember, don't put your fingers through the bars of the cage. You know, he looks all fluffy and cute, but he can bite.
1: It, it'll be an exciting topic. We're going to discuss whether or not uh, your country solely owns our
0: show anymore. Oh, and what's this outbreak of hoovian that I see everywhere at the moment? it's it's been one of those sort of oh yes we don't really use that phrases and then zoe ball goes and uses it to describe us and then press bbc press releases are using it left right and centre where did that come from uh
1: i i i am on an anti Hoovian tirade now so um i was very displeased when zoe ball brought that up uh on that show um yeah we are we we've invaded that's it it's the americans the americans uh i believe coined that phrase and uh I mean probably not but um have really embraced it at least and now it's 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 come over to uh your shores uh please get inoculated as soon as possible. Ugh.
0: I thought we had border controls for that kind of thing it's just not good enough. Anyway, thank you very much for your time it has been most entertaining and uh, glad to welcome you into our dingy little hovel of a van. Thank you Ian very much. Uh it's been wonderful talking to you
1: and uh I guess I should get on that cleaning run now huh.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it is my time to have a little rest now. Me and, me and Michelle have been doing it in the past, but I'm, as the newcomer, I think it falls to you now. I'll uh,
1: start getting used to using the word hoovering.
0: You too, right. You give us hoovering, we give you
1: hoovering. All right. Um, well, goodbye for now.
0: Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.